It's the Jersey Hardwood Podcast, sponsored by LG Insurance. I'm your host, Steve Titchener. Talking college hoops. I got John McAlevey on the line in the studio, New Providence. And Matt Lachlan over at the Rock getting ready for the Devils Rangers tonight. And how about the game last night, guys? Kansas National Champions. Certainly deserve it. Uh, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, year in and year out. Bill Self, a very, very good coach. And he gets the players. Let's face it. That's a blue blood there, right? And what a... I'm a strange game, though. I mean, Kansas scores the first seven points, then North Carolina goes on a 40 to 18 run. They're up 15 at halftime. You think, okay, North Carolina's got control of this game. Again, give credit to, to Bill Self because in the second half, you know, they wipe out that 15 point lead in the first, what, six or seven minutes. And then it, then it was actually a really good game back and forth. Um, yeah. And uh, Kansas, you, uh, Kansas just took you- care of business. I was going to say, if you went to bed at halftime, you missed a good game because it was um, it was something else. You know, Kansas, it took them a while to sort of hit their stride in the tournament. They weren't necessarily, they, I think of all the number one seeds, they were kind of like the one that, you know, got um, pushed off to the side a little bit. They were the only one that made it. And then, you know, they didn't play. They were, they were there for the, for the taking, I, I thought. You know, if Providence didn't have such a pathetic first half, they actually came back and took a lead late. They could have won. Ochai Abaji had like six points. He really did next to nothing. They could have won that game, but they they gutted it out. They were down seven or eight at halftime against Miami and looked like you know they were there for the for the right for the picking again. And then they came out with that amazing second half against Miami and outscored them by twenty six points and. Um, in the in the second half, and then they sort of caught a break uh, in the final four when um, Moore from Villanova got injured and he wasn't available to play, and they burst out to that big lead early on Villanova. And you know, while the while the Wildcats cut it to five once or twice, it's cut it to six. They, just, they, they weren't had an answer, game. so they yeah. you know they never really uh, it never was a nail biter. And then last night to come out take the big lead, as you said, seven, nothing. And then next thing, you know, I was talking to Matt beforehand. I fell asleep. I look up and it was 36, 22 Carolina. And then, you know, the second half was just like, they were amazing. They got running. And once they, once they got the, you know, the momentum rolling that Christian Brown had a great game. Um, but, uh, it was a tale of two halves last night and, um, they wound up, you know, the last person with possession wins and, Carolina had that desperation three, but uh, Kansas was just the better team, I think, and it showed in the end. They started to press in the second half, pressure North Carolina. That got it right back in it. Um, and, and they were the better team, I think, going in. I just think that Carolina shocked them in the first half. They were hitting their shots. and I mean, not that it was a great display of shooting. It wasn't, but, um, you know, Kansas couldn't do much of anything off, uh, other than getting off to that great beginning. But it was all North Carolina at first half. Uh, I was shocked they couldn't. Uh, I was shocked that they they couldn't sustain some effort in the second half uh, to make that fifteen point lead stand up. But that's what sports is all about. Well, they stopped um, hitting shots, right? And then down the stretch, I mean, I thought that Caleb Love had a couple. That we had that he tried that NBA three. I thought he rushed that a little bit. Rafferty certainly thought so too. Then they got it back, and um, they just couldn't get a good. Good. He had that last look too. Caleb Love did, and just couldn't get in. Uh, um, 
he couldn't get a shot, nice shot off, good, a good yeah. three-point shot off. So Kansas had some pretty good uh, defense at that point uh, out uh, uh, past the three-point line. And uh, and then I also uh, Baycock got hurt, right? He turned his ankle there in the last minute. That could have that certainly affected the end there, but it yeah. did go back and forth. It was a it was a you know good game. Listen, in North Carolina, you know they they lost eleven games. They were you know they were an eight seed, you know. And and oh, oh by the way, because you were saying this, John, you were saying the ACC was uh, was weaker or down, but you know they had a pretty good show in the tournament. The ACC had a very good uh, very good run. Um, Not and, just Duke you know, and North Carolina might look at my, what Miami did too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Miami was 20 minutes away from having three ACC teams right. in uh, in the Final Four. Um, I think people were just sort of waiting around. Nobody really wanted to say too much. Hubert Davis is a first time coach, but that team underachieved all year long. I mean, you see when they're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, look at the talent that's on that team. I mean, come on. They, yeah. they should have been playing, you know, at that level pretty much all year long. Um, and so they finally caught fire in the, uh, in the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I think, you know, listen, you're not going to put this on Hubert Davis, but 15 point leads. It was actually a 16 point lead in the first half at one point. Those are hard to cough up. And at some point, mm-hmm. whether it's, should he have burned a timeout at a certain point to, to knock out some momentum or, you know, what have you, but, you know, to lose a, a lead of that magnitude is is not easy to do. Um, and so, you know, the people are going to take a look at him a little bit. They also had a few injuries. You mentioned Baycott twisted the ankle again. Caleb Love turned his ankle. Um, and then the kid that came off the bench, that Puff, Puff Johnson, Johnson, I don't know if you he saw collapsed. it. He supposedly yeah. got hit in the midsection, was throwing up on the court. Yes, they had to yeah. stop the game and get him out. Um, and then Manic took an elbow early. He he took a and he was uh, like he a, cooled down in the second half. Manic didn't. He and then did, he had that yeah. bad he had that bad turnover too. He was trying to yes. get, kick it out to the to the three point line. Just threw it into the free uh, to to yes. his team to his uh, team at the, on the bench, and mm-hmm. uh, and that was uh, that was pretty much it. So, but really, you know, Kansas, you know, look, it, it came down to the last few minutes. Kansas made their shots, and uh, and North Carolina didn't. And uh, yeah. that turnover, missing the shots, and that was it. So Kansas, deservingly the national uh, champion. You know, two blue bloods, man. You know, uh, but that's, uh, that's the way it goes. And, um, you know, Bill Self's a good coach. And he did, yeah, two uh, championships now. Yeah. It's it. about time, yeah. right, Matt? I mean, he's there. He's up <laughs> yeah. there, like, with Mark Few. I'm sick of hearing about Gonzaga. Mark Few's got to win a national championship because – he wins at West Coast Conference. He runs rough shot over those yeah. cupcakes out there outside of um, what's the school? I'm Maybe he's not battle tested enough. Yeah, yeah, outside of St. Mary's, and he shows up as a number one seed every year. And you know he's got to get it done. And same thing with Bill Self. I mean, his team is full of McDonald's All Americans every year. You know, he's the greatest tactician. They always say, oh, uh, they ask all the uh, all the scribes if you have one coach that. You're coming out of a timeout. You need him to draw up a play at the end of the game. Who do you want it to be? Everybody says Bill Self. He's the best at all that. Well, well he's yeah. winning again. And he, he well, finally did. So he, he and, broke through. And, yeah. And, and this year they didn't have as many McDonald's All-Americans as they've had in the past. But it is a blue blood team. They, they as you like to say, John, they, they don't recruit. They choose. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they, they have been disappointing more often than not. Uh, in, you know, 14 years is a long time for a program of that magnitude to go between 
national championships, but they're always in the conversation, and there's something to be said for that, too. And also, yeah. listen, he, his team was down 15 points at half, and uh, he, yeah. he made some adjustments and got right back in that game. You would, right. <laughs> you know, I don't know what, what Hubie was thinking, but Bill Self made some adjustments because that, that lead was erased in a hurry. Yeah. And uh, and but it was it was a very good game. But did it feel like it was the biggest comeback in finals history? Did it feel like that to you? 16 points. Because it, it, it was I so early know. in the second half that he came back. It was a back and forth game from there from 10 minutes on 10 minutes left yeah. in the game. It was back and forth. Yeah. And it you was know? it was two really, really talented teams throwing haymakers. I mean, let's face it. They they erased that lead. Then they went up by six. Mm-hmm. OK. And you think that was around the five minute mark. And you think, all right, Katie barred the door. This thing's over. Oh, no. Carolina came right back. Yeah. That was a good game. They were able to regain momentum. And and I tell you, the guy that hit the biggest shots of the night and leave it to Bill Raftery for the the great line was Remy Martin, who made those deep threes in the corner. And of course, Raft says, who doesn't love a little Remy late at night? Ah. It's phenomenal. (laughs) And um, I mean, that guy. Listen, he was a hired gun. He was an all-Pac-12 player for the last couple of years out at Arizona State. He comes over in the portal, talk about an embarrassment of riches. Kansas needs a guy like that, right? And he comes off the bench for them. I mean, and he, he only played 21 minutes. Colleges, he would be a starter, but that kid comes in and, and hit big shots. And then David McCormick, he was the guy up front, you know, who they had been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to really, you know, impose his will. And he did late. He made the... The yeah. two biggest jump hooks of the game that gave them the lead and then the three-point lead. Yeah, they both those guys, on. Jalen Wilson, McCormick, man, big guys, big forwards, man, just can do everything, you know? They're just yeah. good. Let's face it. And to Remy Martin, come on, he's coming off the bench, 21 minutes, nice and fresh at the end of the game with his legs under him, man, just, and then he hit some big shots. So congratulations to Kansas. Hey, we got to take a look at Coach K, the end for Coach K, because come on, he, he, you, you know, okay, great, he made the final four. But you know he didn't want to go down to the to the North Carolina Tar Heels to end it all, you know? Oh, of course not. Listen, he wouldn't want to lose to me and you and Jersey and two guys we pick up on the street. Listen, he's a very, very competitive person, as we all know. So no, he 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 wanted to go out with another championship. He wanted he, he didn't want to have his last two big losses against Duke's biggest rivalry, oh, rival, and that happened in the ACC tournament and in the semis. So, oh, absolutely not. He didn't right. want to lose to them, but he doesn't want to lose to anybody. Now, so, what was the what was the brouhaha over um, Duke not shaking hands? Um, I don't know if it was completely fair, right? Because North Carolina celebrating. I read a couple articles that uh, said that uh, uh, that there was only one or two Duke guys that actually shook shook hands at the end there. I didn't notice anything, to be honest with you. I saw those stories, but when I was watching the game, uh, the thing that I noticed, and, you know, when you're great, and and Krzyzewski's great, but you're also a bit pompous, and Krzyzewski is maybe more than a bit pompous, what happens is, uh, you know, you look for the tiniest, tiniest little bit uh, of chinks in the armor so that uh, you can say, say, you know, he's, he's not a good guy. I'm watching it, and he's walking toward Hubert Davis, and he stopped and he made like Hubert walk the last four steps. Like they, he didn't keep going to meet him. He stopped and David yeah. had to come to him. And I, I, you know what? And I'm sure, I'm not sure. Perhaps it was innocent, but in my anti 
Shashevsky mode. I was like, look at that son of a gun. He's been, <laughs> you know, he he can't even have the decency to meet the guy. He's got to say, nope, you oh, you got to come to Shashevsky. But yeah. listen, he's a great coach, great coach, great great and, program. And I, yeah, and I, he ended There's up obviously really to dislike, yeah. except he's pompous. It's good. Right. Yes. And, and he I shook hands. It was just the rest of the – some of the Duke guys went into the locker room. I guess, you know, whatever. It could be because they felt they thought they were celebrating. Uh, but, you know, listen, well, the point is, is they are it, they it, are it, rivals. Oh, exactly. Like, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I know they do it. NC, uh, the uh, Stanley Cup final or the playoffs, everybody makes a big thing. And right, oh, it's the great tradition of hockey. And the players line up and shake each other's mm-hmm. hands. And back in the day, more so than currently, you know, it was a blood and guts series and you know I mean come on man you just lost a, a game I know it's a game but you just lost a game to you know to your biggest rival and your season's over I, I don't know how much of a hurry I'd be in to right. wait for them to come to to the line to, to shake hands I just yeah and right, then uh, the other thing is that the winning team um you know doesn't Immediately, just run back to their bench and get into yeah. They're celebrating single file line to shake yeah, their hands. Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah, they're on the floor. The cheerleaders are there. There's you know, it's a lot going on. They're running around and yeah. As yeah. Matt said, as the as TV the and radio is grabbing guys for interviews. I mean, right, right. I wouldn't wait there patiently while uh, my blood rival is whooping it up at my expense. But um, I, I understand that. I will say that. But in hockey, they do do that. Like you watch. When yep. the series is over, especially Stanley Cup, and the guys are skating around and hugging, and the scratches are running out, and uh, it's crazy. The visiting team will stay there, stay there, and then there's a certain point when there's a sense of like, oh, okay, let's go, let's do the handshake thing. But I get people. <laughs> I'm not as good a loser as some people want everyone to be. Let's put it this way. <laughs> right, and, not and too and, many people are. And in fairness to the whole thing, it's 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 a bit of chaos when you're just wet, you just want a game where you're going to the finals. Obviously people are mobbing players are mobbing each other and all so it's our biggest rival. Yeah. Right. Like there's no way. Yeah. There's yeah. no yeah. way. Yeah. That, uh, mm-hmm. No way. Yeah. So yeah. again and I didn't really see it. I didn't notice it to the degree that a lot of people uh, said, but then again, I wasn't there seeing everything else going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So let's but turn the other to angle is yeah. that Hubert Davis, not only is the the head coach at Carolina now, he spent, you know, eight or nine seasons under Roy Williams there, but oh, back in the day, he played for four years. So he's really got Duke in his, you know, in his uh, sights, you know, so maybe, maybe there's that, you know, there was yeah. also, I was mentioning to you guys that there were some tweets coming out after the game that John Shire, the the new boy wonder head coach, um, taking over for Coach K. He and North Carolina assistant coach Pat Sullivan had to be separated at at one point. They were they got into it a little bit. So there's that. I mean, these guys hate each other. It's Yankees Red Sox. It's all over again. Totally. They do. And listen, yep. North Carolina had Don Zimmer being thrown to the ground by by Pedro Martinez. Yes. That's what it's yes, all about. Exactly. Let's go. Yes. And you know, it was cool. An, an, an interesting side note, they mentioned that um, in his first year at at Duke, uh, Coach K, his first loss came against North Carolina. And, oh, by the way, his final loss comes at the expense of North Carolina as well. So tie it and up in a ball. How about that? Yeah. And he knows it too. He sure does. Well, it's turned to some Jersey news, and that is that uh, Shaheen Holloway did get the uh, 
Seton Hall job, a six-year deal. I believe he got some uh, $2 million raise. Pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, but, hey, he had a great run in the uh, in the tournament. And uh, he was obviously the heir apparent being the assistant under Willard for so many years. So it's just a good, good match, Matt, for, for Seton Hall. You know, I never saw that coming. I really didn't. Did you guys see that? <laughs> <laughs> Worst kept secret yeah. uh, in sports. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, when he got announced at Seton Hall, it was more of a coronation and a celebration than an introduction. Uh, there's a lot of things that are right about it. Guy comes home. He's had success as a head coach nearby. The Cinderella story. Uh, Seton Hall maybe plateauing under Willard. So one of their own comes back. Local guy. All that sort of stuff. And not to pull the bloom off the rose, but okay, now get to work. <laughs> which he right. which he said so many times uh, at that news conference and since. Like now it's get to work because. You know, Seton Hall loses an awful lot, and he's in the Big East. So uh, let's hope he's able to recruit uh, as well as he's coached. Does it uh, does his style, because he was under Willard for so long, do they have very similar styles, Matt? Some, but he's his own man. Mm-hmm. He's his own man. Okay. So he'll be a little more. There'll be a little more pressure that he'll he'll apply uh, defensively. Um, so he might be a little more up tempo. And so the word out of St. Peter's, who got a bunch of money for their run uh, in the tournament, one of the, certainly one of the positives that was as well. We talk about the winning and such, but, you know, getting, a, getting an, uh, an injection of, uh, of money into your program is uh, they're interested in Brandon Knight, assistant for Rutgers, who many say is ready to be a head coach. Uh, so there's a possibility that... Uh, uh, that that could happen. Uh, Matt, did you hear anything on that? All signs that I've heard, uh, talked to somebody last night, they said it's basically a done deal. Interesting. Uh, Grant Billmeyer, who was under some consideration, he went to Maryland. That was just announced uh, to join Kevin Willard's staff. So, uh, yeah, I heard that uh, St. Peter's had kind of honed in on Brandon Knight. So if that's the case, Heichel's looking for somebody and uh, good for Brandon Knight. Oh, and just in, fellas, if Brandon Knight is taking over the reins at St. Peter's, he's going to be minus his backcourt because Doug Eddard and Daryl Banks Jr. have already entered the portal. So the the question I have is, do you think they'll make their way up South Orange Avenue and uh, and find their way into the Big East playing for their former coach? I don't know if it's a package deal necessarily. Uh, so I don't know if they both make it. They also, there was, um, uh, who was the other guy? Uh, they lost another one to the portal to St. Peter's, uh, Edward, no, Edward Banks and, uh, Matthew Lee. Okay. They, they're wow. all leaving. And that's not shocking in this day and age, right? No. I mean, not at all. You, all you, their guards. You've had the, exper- you've yeah. had the experience of the high life yeah. and, now you want to see if there's something else out there yeah. um, and, and, and playing at run baby run arena has its limitations. Uh, so uh, not shocking that they're leaving to see what else is out there. And I would not be shocked if one of them or two of them joined Holloway, uh, yeah. you know, and let's be honest, you know, again, and we talked about this, no one 
you know, no one really knew these players, but then they were they showcased their talents uh, at the at the, at the tournament, and so now, um, you know, all you have to do is hey, well, hey, let, let's see what has this guy play against such and such. All you got to do is look at the uh, the games they played, uh, and, and scout them right there. And yeah. um, so now they're like, hey, I got an opportunity to take a step up here and go to a um, a bigger program. Um, but boy, they jump ship pretty quick, right? And then, and yeah, then, that's what happens. But I mean, Matt, I would unfortunately, wonder. Unfortunately, everybody does. But there's only I mean, so like we many spots. Last week, there's they only got to change this rule. They have to change it. It's I'm not saying it's ruining college basketball, but you know, guys, guys have no incentive to stay, no reason to stay. Set some limitations, some parameters. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, Something. you have to stay. Uh, a, I, you I, have to I, stay I a certain amount of week. time. I yeah, like. No, I said it last week. I'm all for the players. Get what you can. Coaches leave all the time. I, I approve of the NIL. Coaches make big money. Players who produce the product, yes, they get an education. But the fact of the matter is, they were limited in what they could produce in terms of income. So I, I get all that, and I'm all for it. Push that. But it, I mean, this is just this is just a madhouse. I mean, you know, if it's true, Brandon Knight's coming into a team that's now just been destroyed in terms of, of, of players that they have. Um, but listen, we know it's everyone for himself anymore. Like that, that loyalty part is gone. You know, you make X amount. It doesn't matter if you've been an executive at a company and successful for 30 years, there's somebody in the accounting department says, sorry, you're making three quarters of a million dollars. We can get somebody to do it for a quarter of a million dollars and you're gone. It doesn't matter. Loyalty is a rare commodity, right? And uh, it, it doesn't exist in, in, in basketball or football. But yeah. The transfer portal, I get it, but boy, it's such the wild, wild west. Uh, I just totally. I, it, it, it's just not cool. And think about yeah. Holloway's situation. Here's here he's got these three guys there now. With there's former players in the portal, but I mean, there's only so many spots at Seton Hall. There's only so many minutes, and they've got the incumbent players, and so it, it's not like you can just you know, take all these guys in. It's, it's so, you know, um, and that's highly unlikely that that, that happens. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guards didn't end up at uh, at Seton Hall, Matt. No, I, I would think definitely one and possibly two. Well, here's the other thing, and we'll never know. I mean, maybe the players will be asked, it's hypothetical. But if Holloway stays, would they have stayed? Or would they have said, listen, I, I like playing in front of 14,000 people. I like the media attention for whatever reason, I wasn't recruited highly enough to play there coming out of high school through the AAU scene, but now I'm a little older. I've matured. I think I can help a bigger program. Would they have left Holloway high and dry anyway? That's mm-hmm. part of it too. It's not just that he left. Uh, they might've left notwithstanding his situation. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we're speaking of new coaches. Shaheen Holloway is, is coming into the conference. The big East is really, um, adding some some serious firepower now with Sean Miller will take over um, in the Midwest at Marquette. I mean, say what you will about him. He was a dirty birdie out at Arizona, but he could recruit and he could coach. And Arizona was one of the top 10 teams in the country for, for many years. And then a surpriser at Butler, um, they let go of their coach. Laval Jordan is let go over the weekend quietly. And Thad Mata, who many figured would never coach again because of health issues, is now back on the sideline. And there's no, you know, no denying how really good of a coach he is. So the Big East just gets tougher. You add Shaheen, Sean Miller, 
and Thad Mata to the mix. And it's going to really be a, you know, running the gauntlet with these programs. And at least um, it looks that way. Don't you think Matt is a big East alum yourself? Oh, for sure. Um, I think the conference has shown itself in its new iteration. It's been a while now uh, with Villanova winning championships that it's a very good conference. I think personally, I'd love to see it take the next step and become a great conference. And so, yeah, I I, I think that those schools have, have shown that, you know, being okay is not okay. I mean, Xavier was okay. You know, Travis Steele was okay. It didn't take him long to get a gig, by the way. Um, Where did he wind up? Oh, man, now you're going to ask me, and I'm going to have to look it up in the Google machine. All right. Uh, Midwest school, though. Okay. Now, I'll ask you guys this, you know, uh, the Big East um, followers that you are, and is, does, does Shaheen Holloway come in? Does Seton Hall stay at the top half of uh, – of, um, and I know it's early because there's a lot of going to be a lot of activity here. But do you think they these keeps them at the top half of the Big East, or do they fall off with a first year coach? Or um, what are your thoughts, John? I think yeah, I think he should be. You know, he's got some talent coming back. He's going to lose some folks, but you know, at, at this point now, we're in as Matt calls it, the wild, wild west with the with the transfer portal. And you know, just look no further than Iowa State. They were two and twenty two last year. And then they were in the Elite Eight this year. And even so, your Friars, John, come on. Yeah, Providence. We, we picked up two guys out of the portal, and they weren't even really all that highly rated. Al Durham and Justin Minaya were nice four-year players. But I think older teams seem to fare better, and that's what coaches like to say. They like to get older. Um, and so, sure, Shaheen, I mean, he can pick up a couple guys for the portal and work with who he has there. Uh, I don't think there's any reason why they can't have another, you know, top four or five finish in, in the Big East next year. I think that uh, that's right there out in front of them. And then let him get his feet wet um, with a year under his belt, recruiting the high school scene at uh, at the Big East level. And it's nice to, you know, walk into high schools and prep schools and, you know, with that Elite Eight run. Hey, man, I beat Kentucky. Yeah, I knocked out all these other schools. I beat, um, I beat uh, who was it, Purdue. I beat Murray State 31 and 2. I, I, that was me. And so mm-hmm. we could do that here. He's going to he's going to sell that. And so um there's no denying that uh, that they can they can remain up uh, up where they were this year at least without a doubt. Yeah, and I mean let's be honest, this year they finished 6. So it's not like they were a giant killer. There might right. have been reasons, but they do lose a lot. And I think and we talked about it last week, I think uh, a good part of it Depends not only on those factors that you mentioned, John, but I'm still curious as to what Jared Rudin's going to do. He has yeah. another year. He could come back. He might have seen that march, right? He might have seen that run uh, to the Elite Eight and said, you know what? This guy's pretty cool. And he didn't recruit me. He was part of that recruitment before he went to St. Peter's. And yeah, I could be the man. I, I, I'm going to say it. I, I said it so many times. I, I don't even know if it's based on anything other than my observation, but Jared Roden was not the same player this year Mm -hmm. that he was expected to be. I think some of it was, he was not the man and he wanted to be the man. Bryce Aiken was the man. Other times, other guys had better opportunities. Look, that's the way it goes, son. You got to show up, you got to deal, but 
maybe he wants to come back and say, you know what, I'll be the man. And yeah. a and little look, retribution. And Matt, at one point he was, there was talk of him being a legitimate NBA talent, Jared Roden. I mean, I've, yeah. I've, I've read that. So, um, you know, looking at him, he looks to, he looks like he's got all the tools. But, I mean, it's so hard, right? It's so hard. And there's two rounds. There's two rounds with 60 players, man. So you got to be the, the top 60 players. And that's of all basketball. In the world. Yes, uh, in the world. In the world, yeah, not uh, in No America, question. In the world. Plenty of European players in that loop, too. So, And then the other option is, obviously, to, to, get, on, to get in the G League and get on a um, – and just uh, work your way up that way and just work your butt off. Kind of what uh, Eugene O'Mori, oh, I can even call, I can call him uh, Cl- by Cliff's pronunciation, Eugene Omarui, who uh, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, you know, he made the Mavericks and then unfortunately had a, a foot injury that required surgery. So he was waived. But, uh, you know, and he'll probably work his way back. But he was one of those guys on the cusp that needed to uh, sign a free agent contract. So, you get that too, but the thing is, it's just so hard. You know, these are really, really good players, and they're still on the outside looking in, and that's just yeah. how. How and Matt, we were talking earlier about Travis Steele. He's now the head coach at Miami of Ohio. Miami, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There you go. You were you go. right. Midwest. I knew it was Midwest. I just couldn't come with it. You put, you put the heat on, John, and I melted. Oh uh, no, I didn't know myself. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that. Uh, I knew he had gone. Shocked. Moved on. I couldn't believe that they fired him in the first place. I mean, they did yeah. sort of, you know, collapsed at the end. They were an NCAA tournament team, but wow. And then and then uh, the, the interim went and took that Xavier team, and they won the NIT, which was a great game. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see that. That was a real great finish against uh, Mississippi State. Um, it, was, it was a great college season all around. The local teams it was. Uh, both did really well, made the NCAA tournament, and, uh, St. Peter's was the was the feel good story of the year. My Friars had a had a tremendous year, culminated with Ed Cooley was named the the um, coach of the year, the Naismith Coach of the Year, which will help him recruiting, I would think. And so, so he's a great coach, um, man. There's a lot of excitement on the horizon, I think. Yeah, and every interview with him, man, just seems like a solid guy, man. And yeah. and, and he's a, and he's a good coach, man. And so yeah, and, he, and like you said, he doesn't get the McDonald All Americans, but he, you know he he figures and 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 he's done a great job with the pro, uh, the with the portal as well with yeah. these transfers. Obviously, you saw that. So yeah, that's yep. a good coach, man. So yeah, there you go. We almost got fired last year. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, they were rumblings about getting them out of here. Right. I, I shouldn't say almost, but rumblings for sure, John. So yeah. right, it's the nature of the beast, man. On top yeah. of the hill. One day down at the bottom and looking for work. Total. Although I don't think Bill Self has to worry. No, he's not worried about anything that, right now. Right, they get restless. They yeah. do, and those deep pocket donors—they don't like it. They want to show off to their friends. Look yeah. at the access I have to a two and twenty-two team. That's not good enough. Fire this guy. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, listen. Great season, guys. You know, um, up and down, right? You know, Rutgers had the up and down season. Figures out a way to back into the. The tournament, uh, in the Seton Hall, same thing, up and down, some disappointments, but you know, very a solid team making the tournament again, and then St. Peter's on that amazing run, man, which was uh, which, which was just great, and it just put some fuel into this uh, to this uh, show, right? The last uh, last few weeks, because uh, you know, Rutgers and Seton Hall made a, a quick exit, so uh, a really uh, really fun season. 
And uh, congratulations to Kansas, man. A, a, a great program. And uh, boom, they get, they get another one. I want to thank our sponsor, Aaron Levine over at LG Insurance. He's been with us for two years now, guys. And uh, Aaron, came thank on. you for uh, for stepping up. That that's been a huge help for us to, to oh, be yeah. able to do what we do. We appreciate the support, and hopefully, we'll continue in the future with uh, LG Insurance. Love it. No question. And Matt, you got to rest up the voice because the. Devils lit the lamp against the Rangers last time they came to the Rock. What happened there? Well, you know, they turned a 2 nothing deficit into a 7-4 victory. I think they exposed some flaws on the Rangers who are not as fast as the Devils and have been prone lately to taking some of the lesser lights too easily. They recently beat the Penguins twice, so it's not like they're a bad team. They're yeah. not. So it'll be fun. We'll yeah. see. The Devils have come off three horrendous losses yes. in a row. Um, in three different manners, and they won't have Jack Hughes, who got hurt on Sunday. So yeah. uh, tough road, but yeah. it's your rival, uh, and you have a chance to not upend their season, but you have a chance to put another seed of doubt into the Rangers as they get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, and I was in the house for that game. Uh, what is it, a week and a half or so ago? And that was a, it was a lot of fun, and uh, kind of surprising how how well the Devils uh, played that night. So uh, that'll put the Jersey Hardwood podcast to bed for the season, guys. We'll be back for sure in the fall um, going into, uh, what, uh, October. We'll come back uh, and we'll get we'll get going on uh, on Rutgers, Seton Hall. And we're not going to forget uh, the St. Peter's of the world and the Mammoths of the world because, uh, you know, they St. Peter's shocked the world. And uh, that was really, uh, really a, a, a great run by them. So. Uh, it's it's Jersey hoops, so we will cover all of Jersey hoops, and we'll have uh, we'll have Aaron from LG Insurance uh, back as well. So you can listen to us on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Wherever you get a Stitcher, so you can find us on uh, all of those uh, podcast directories. Also, moresportsnow.com. Uh, that'll be all for uh, this year. I'm Steve Titchener with Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. Bye bye. The Jersey Hardwood Podcast is written and produced by Steve Titchener with co-hosts Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. The show is edited and mixed by Justin Coy at Sound Lounge, New York City.